Welcome to ShoeCast, Shoe's very own podcast. This series of ShoeCast will explore everything from trends in the digital world to advise on how we can play to your strengths and overcome personal and work challenges. We're featuring some amazing industry guests who will also be sharing their experiences within their field. Alongside me, I'm Rachel, the Chief Operations Officer at Shoe, and there will be Chris, our Chief Vision Officer, and also our guest host from the Shoe Academy, and these include Annie, Katie, and Sabrina. We hope you enjoy our series this autumn. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to ShoeCast. And we're still on the theme of the Great Resignation at the moment. And this morning, I would like to welcome Perry Thomas to this episode. And she is the Chief People Officer at Border to Coast Pensions Partnership. And I've known Perry for quite a long time now. Um, we share a common interest of horses. And we used to be at the same livery yard and our horses were kind of next door but one to each other and spent many times not really chatting about business but mainly chatting about our horses which is kind of the common theme we don't really talk about work we're on the horses do we <laughs> so, no it's, a, it's nice about i switch your brain off a little bit after a busy week but it was always really great riding with someone who got what it was like to have a busy job and try to be super powerful women and yeah. um, trailblaze for everyone else. Absolutely, I agree. And it's like, it's kind of that switch off with that mental health thing. And I think that's been a really important part of before COVID, it was a work-life balance, but now we're kind of moving into a very different era in the world of work at the moment. What I'm noticing is a lot of companies are moving into a, a sort of a hybrid sort of workplace to give everyone that sort of balance and a kind of so how how what are your perspectives on it being in that in that sort of HR world um kind of what are your thoughts on everything that's happening at the moment generally in industry yeah it's such a massive change from where we were before that some organizations were so resilient so resistant to hybrid working or any kind of flexibility there were just some old school managers who just thought working from home, you're not working, or I haven't got control, I can't see what you're doing, or, you know, in the style of Alan Sugar commenting on PwC recently, that it's just people being lazy, where actually some organisations were quite forward thinking with flexible working. So in the marketplace, our organisation was very flexible compared to the rest of our industry. And unfortunately, everyone's now realised that they can do it too and caught us up. So that's definitely, we've noticed impacted our employee value proposition that we're probably about the same as everybody else now with two or three days in the office, two or three days at home. But we were real, really quite forward thinking before the pandemic and not many other organisations did as much as that. So that's really where we've had to think about our recruitment and attraction. Now we're not kind of standing out as much as we were before with that flexibility. But it's always that element of trust and but also what work can you do in the office and what work do you do at home so it's not just imposing you know this is the chief exec's view of the world you now all will do this diktat it's actually what is the office for what is working at home for and really thinking about how does that suit your business the type of workers that you've got because um, there was obviously a lot of organizations like nursing or teachers that you can't have that flexibility you have to be in the workplace or some customer service roles 
But even in those industries, they did discover there was probably more flexibility than they realised they could have had before. So GPs doing calls over the phone or some of the back office people in those settings that they can have the hybrid working as well. But you just need to think about what are you doing in the office? And that's definitely where we've been focusing on with our colleagues. We're not just saying come into the office and they're saying, why? Why do I have to sit on a train for two hours just to sit at my desk? <laughs> it's actually, <laughs> no, this is really important that you do this because you're collaborating with your colleagues or you're working on projects or the very senior people who probably could do more from home. We need you in the office because we need you to train the junior people and share your wisdom with them. An investment industry sometimes feels like, well, you're just going to be sitting, looking at your stocks and shares that you're running, how businesses are doing. There's a lot of desk research, but actually the real beauty comes with how people share that information with each other. Someone might be working on one geography, say North America, but actually you've still got banking sector, you've still got production, manufacturing, you've still got food and all that knowledge that you share between the teams actually then you get better outcomes by people working together in that way. That's really interesting actually I like the way that you talk about um, sort of people um, working together and then coming into the office and sharing that wisdom that's mm -hmm. um, that sharing that wisdom we don't really talk about that very much in in, in the world of work do mm. we and we always kind of think there's a bit of resilience between senior management and um sort of more junior people coming in who have just graduated from uni. talk about more of that sharing the wisdom I like that kind of yeah. that culture that yeah that word's quite a nice word to talk about so let's let's have a bit of a deep dive down <laughs> now <laughs> yeah and, and collaboration is one of our three kind of main value words that we've got for the organization because it's so important and it's the same as having more diversity in, in any organization that it isn't just taken about you know the top brains but they might be from one university one background one experience one race one gender all those kind of things which has been kind of typical in the investment industry till now but actually by getting more diversity of thought and having people from wider social economic backgrounds or you know having more women or having more people who've done not finance and accounting at university actually you know, we've got people, someone who did art history and anthropology, wow. who then came in on our graduate programme and is absolutely one of the best performers. It's incredible. But those kind of backgrounds wouldn't have naturally been taken before. Um, or people from lower down universities as well. Sometimes the big the big companies just want to say the best universities and, yeah. we'll, and we'll cherry pick where they will recruit from. Where we've always said you can come from any university, any degree background. What we're looking for is your potential, your curiosity, how you think differently. And actually, you have the beauty of that more diverse workforce, but you've got to be in the office together to share those ideas. You can do lots of tactical things by video call that once you've built those relationships, you can do that and you can do your quiet work at home but you really need to be in the office to share that diverse thinking because it just happens more organically and we had some interns in last summer and they just found just they had some research work to do and they thought that was going to be really useful but actually they said one of the most useful things were just sitting in the same area as all the really experienced people and listening to them on the phone and how they dealt with 
clients or difficult conversations or an interesting piece of information and then quite often they would just spin the chair around and say afterwards right I've just had this phone call you'll have heard my side of the story but let me tell you what I was talking about so you can learn not just the knowledge that we want you to have but how to deal with things how to problem solve and you don't get that when you're not sitting together you just kind of need to overhear each other and have those spontaneous conversations and that's what I think we were really missing when we were working remotely there were certain things that we could do you know you could keep the lights on and keep the keep it ticking over but you didn't get the long-term sustainability because we weren't developing people you weren't getting the new ideas you know if there was a problem with a project normally you just gather everybody around and deal with it in five ten minutes things were taking us hours and hours and hours of formal meetings or emails and as soon as we were kind of most of us were back in the office I heard so many people say oh gosh this would have taken us days you know, last year, but now we're all back together. We've all just kind of got in a huddle for five minutes, resolved it and gone again. Yeah. Or even just the interactions between people, you know, the number of kind of gripes or people annoying each other just because they were a miscommunication. But then yeah. as soon as we were back in the office, you know, you'd have a bit of a corridor conversation or you just gather everyone round. It would be like, oh, I didn't realize you meant that. Oh, I see where you're coming from now. And it would just resolve it so quickly. And I think, you know, these organisations that said, yes, we're going to go to 100% remote working. This is the way it is. Or you can work from where you want. How many of them have kind of now backpedaled out of that? Because now they're realising the benefit of us as humans. We're social creatures. We kind of need to work together and share ideas. And I was listening to an interesting podcast recently that was saying the difference between us and other primates is that we learn from each other much more so than other primates that, you know, up until about the age of six or something, you know, baby chimps and monkeys and gorillas are very similar brain capacity to humans, but actually what they don't do is learn social learn. And it's just kind of like one of those things. I think I just heard that podcast at just the right time because it just kind of hit me of, oh, that's what we're doing in the office. This social learning is why we get better and better and better and better at what we do. I think you need the diversity of thought to do that. If you just got a ton of people all think at the same, even if they maybe are the brightest and the best, if they all think the same, you might as well just have one of them. You don't need 10 of them. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the fact that um, you've brought up that word communication as well. That um, that has definitely in my career been a, a big thing, I think, um, with the use of um, things like social media, text messaging, email. Um, mm. Sometimes we just forget to pick up the phone and just actually yes. have a conversation with yeah. someone. <laughs> yeah. um, and we sort of hide behind the email because like you said mentioned earlier that difficult conversation is sometimes it's very difficult and sometimes as people all that um, saying goes eat that mm. frog you yeah have, have that difficult conversation because sometimes actually it does clear the air the mm. air the air as as they say um mm. and I think that's super, extremely yeah. important especially we are in a hybrid world mm. and people's words can we all write very differently we all communicate mm. very differently the use of of language hence why we wouldn't have if we were all perfect we, mm -hmm. there would be no role for a copywriter in the yeah. world kind of like you <laughs> very elaborate language that's mm. grammatically correct so people don't misunderstand what's mm. going on so yeah it, it I think communication is probably key mm. and that team effort is hugely important in this yeah. in this hybrid world mm. um we don't we don't have that fallout between team members and different yes. departments 
when we're all yeah. working on a project together. Um, yeah. We're quite fortunate we did bring everybody back into the office mm. so we can have those powwows and the team can listen to those conversations because yeah. I think it's hugely important mm. and I think as well. So yeah, so the, the great resignation, mm. that's what everybody's talking about. Businesses, companies, no matter how mm. big or small, whatever industry sector, kind of, I suppose from a HR perspective, mm kind of what are your thoughts around this kind of what the media pushing out there right now <laughs> yeah so it's one of those things isn't it that some people say you know you can get all the stats and all the the negative vibes of you know how disastrous it is and then other people say well it's not really a thing it's not really existed people are making too much of it and usually with things like this the truth is kind of somewhere in between and a bit of all of it and I've interesting a few a few commentators have been calling it the great refresh or the great rethink and all these kinds of things because people did after the pandemic did kind of rethink their lives and where you want to live and some people particularly men who've never really been taking their kids to school maybe or picking them up again suddenly realized oh I like I like doing this I want to do more of this this is great I was missing out so there has been a huge amount of of turnover in some organizations but I think it's the same as any time that you and maybe if this was a reminder that we needed to do these things that we'd forgotten about but we always knew employer brand was really important how important culture is and that whole employee value proposition that it isn't just about you know the money and you know some people might go for more money but then realize that they hate it there and want to come back when I was working for a large bank years ago we had a particular team that I worked with one person had gone to a big competitor for a lot more money and then they were starting to kind of take a lot of the other team with them but actually once the first few had gone and started and realized the culture was horrendous actually that extra money wasn't worthwhile and a few of them a lot of them came back because they knew us working for a mutual we couldn't we couldn't compete on salary level with the big commercial banks but actually what we could give them is a lovely place to work really treat them as humans individualize and personalize what we did for them whether it be working patterns or how we apply policies to kind of help people or making sure that we were investing in them and they felt like that they could see the career path ahead of them that's really important for people that they won't necessarily jump ship for more money if you've given them a clear, clear career path and they know what's coming and they feel valued and they feel trusted. And also one of the things that there's kind of lots of great technical leadership words around, but I just call it the pub test, is when you talk about where you work, are you proud of it? Do you want to tell people where you work and what it's like? And if someone asks you, you're kind of embarrassed about it, you know, that can go a long way as well. And all the social cohesion that you want to have with your teammates, how does your manager treat you? All these things are really important and it's not just about money. And I was working for a bank in the financial crisis in 2008 and I got the managers to do stay interviews with everybody, which they thought was slightly HR crazy person, first of all. <laughs> and they went, well, clearly people just want money, don't they? And actually they did across the whole of this department, which was hundreds of people, one person wanted more money in, from their stay interview. Everyone else wanted work-life balance. They wanted a development opportunity. They wanted us to sponsor them for a qualification. Somebody wanted Friday afternoons off to go and do you know, a hobby where they were um, like a secretary of a club and they had lots of work to do with that and they could do their work the rest of the week. Some people just wanted to leave once a week in time to go and collect their kids from school you know it was about oh and some people wanted an opportunity to go and present at a senior leadership team meeting 
and get a bit more visibility to help their career. And it was so mind blowing for those line managers who had just totally assumed it was about money and didn't really want to engage in all these other things. When they actually started having these conversations with people, the colleagues saying, oh, the fact that my manager talked to me about me and what I want, that was enough for them as well to make them want to stay a little bit longer. So it is, we've got to think about the whole package. Why do people come to work for you? Why do people stay working for you? And do you really understand as a manager or a leader what that is because if all you're thinking about is the money you're missing a whole lot more on that employment relationship and we know generation z people are much more interested in are you sustainable what are your green credentials what's what is the my what value can i add and what's my purpose and actually people tend to wash over this is my purpose it's just kind of a nice mission statement that people have got on their website or they've painted it on the walls but it it doesn't actually mean anything but sometimes you have to join the dots for people so they really understand why are you here how is what you do fit into the whole strategic plan of the organization and actually them understanding their role in that you know like when president kennedy was walking around nasa and you know the famous famously asked the cleaner what do you do and he said I put people on the moon you know how can you how can you help all of your employees think I serve this purpose and even you know jobs that in the past people thought are oh, you just going to banking to make money mm -hmm. but actually you can help people at their most important times in their life so when I worked for Yorkshire Building Society it was all about what are those really key moments in a people's a person's life we can help you with that it's not just and we were non-profit making as well being a mutual um, <laughs> it was really about those moments of truth you know buying your first house or needing a loan when you're going to get your first car or something's gone wrong in your life and you need us to kind of replan your debt repayments we can be there at people's most important times of their life and our colleagues really, really engage with that. You know, the people on the front line in the branches or in the contact centers, you know, even those debt collectors who, yeah. would who need to help people, you know, when they're at their most vulnerable. How do you help somebody get through that and realize that you can reschedule your payments and there's all these things that you can do if you just come and talk to us? People got massive pride out of that and were really, you know, really proud to talk about the organization that they work for. And that's one of the things that I made you on, we made you on in my current organization because we, help 11 local authorities provide pensions to you know a million um, employees and uh, deferred pension members of local authorities how do we make sure that they have a good retirement so this is like your teaching assistants your bin men your social care workers all these people and we really help people have that connection between what they are doing on a daily basis and then other people that they're helping and we have a lot of people who could earn far, far, far more money with like we're all commercial bankers making rich people richer, where they love working for us and knowing every day they're doing something good that's really helpful. And we're also helping the taxpayer, the council taxpayers in those areas as well. So, you know, there's having that purpose actually as a human, it, it's more important than we realise sometimes if you're not just, you know, looking for the fast book. Yeah, definitely. I think more um, companies now are, are looking at their vision and purpose, something I've always been very passionate about. Mm -hmm. um, I've worked with various sort of um, personal branding coaches and mm -hmm. I'm a massive, huge follower of Simon Sinek, the TED oh, Talk. He's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. I've read all his books and, and, and that is instilled through, through our organisation as, mm -hmm. as, as she grows, which is, mm -hmm. which is interesting. The team are on board. And it's all that, the fact that we just disappeared off to Anglesey on a, yeah, that's on a trip. <laughs> um, the team there, because obviously we can, we can sort of 
like we said we can work mm. from anywhere now there's not that yeah. kind of kind of like oh you're not in the office why not or why don't you have an office and there's all that kind of going on in people's heads right now and, and it must it's definitely a generational thing like you mentioned before with Gen Z I think each generation have got different kind of purposes mm -hmm. different visions but if the company can kind of work together to help um kind of get everybody on board and listen to everyone and I think there's more kind of there's more scope in that area if, mm -hmm. if as businesses start to rethink kind of what they're looking at doing yeah absolutely and social media is amazing for that that you can share those stories no you can share what that employer brand is so easily across lots of different people across lots of different platforms which would which was always very difficult before you know we might have had websites in the olden days or maybe newsletters or something but that beauty of instagram posts of you saying like we're in anglesey look what you know look what we're doing is just yeah. so powerful isn't it it's incredible yeah. so it's how do we use social media to the best advantage, helping sharing that employer brand. What are we offering? What are our vacancies now? Or just, this is what we're up to at the moment. This is what we're doing. This is who we are. Yeah, absolutely. And also I think as other businesses who work, want to work on a business to business level, when they're choosing a business mm. to work with, they're probably going to be looking at all of that now on a holistic level rather than, oh, well, they've got an amazing brand. Well, actually what's underneath that yes. brand? who are the people that we're going to be working with who are the teams can we be there I suppose in mm -hmm. our case a plug and play marketing team yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we come in and we come and support whether it's recruitment marketing or whether it's kind of business to business marketing mm -hmm. which is really interesting what um you mentioned the men in the school run now that's something mm -hmm. I've kind of we are our office is based near a primary school and mm -hmm. over the last sort of couple so I suppose not the last two years because not everyone's been mm. uh, going to school but over the sort of the last sort of 12 months what I've noticed is there's more men walking their children to school because yeah. they are now working from home yeah and I it's think, absolutely um, brilliant and I think that's brilliant because we've as female business leaders mm. um, we have always kind of thought men can do the same as women which they can and I'm kind of yeah. going off on a bit of a tangent here but <laughs> I think the fact that a lot of the time people are taking that the women take the school the children to school mm -hmm. and the men go to work whereas now there's that kind of like actually mum and dad are both taking the kids to school because they don't yeah. have to jump in the car or the train and that's what I'm really liking that society is yeah, starting absolutely. to change and I yeah. think that's brilliant yeah, I absolutely agree with that, that it's, you know, there was a lot of focus on to give women flexible working to help with childcare, we need to give women lots of extra benefits. But it's always been until the men are doing it as well, then you're not going to get that equality, you're never going to get for women not affecting their career to have mat leave or childcare or elder care, which often kind of fell on the women. But now if you're going to get the men doing it as well, that's how you get the equality in the workplace. And actually at Border to Coast, we've got more men working part time than women which is such a staggering statistic when we kind of share oh. this around, especially in the investment industry. Yeah. But it's because we showed that the women could work part-time and it not affect their careers. And then, you know, with the pandemic, it kind of increased it, that the men were saying, oh, we, we want some of that. We want some <laughs> of that too, because it's not affecting your career. Well, I can do it. So we've got two men who share childcare with their partner. So they both have one day off a week each. And then the, the child is in then childcare or grandparents three days a week, but they're doing equal. So we've got a few people who work four days a week to do that. So they're doing equal childcare with their female partner, which was kind of probably unheard of a generation yeah. ago. Or we've got some men who are extending their careers by going to part-time and then they're staying longer to do that. Yeah. 
but it's because they saw the it, it not affecting the women's careers that we were kind of made we've got two we've got you know our, our ceo and deputy ceo both women and on our board we've got 50 50 men and women which is really unusual and we've had a few people comment that when they've seen that on the website it really struck them that there was such that kind of good balance there's other areas of diversity we need to work on but even just that people from other underrepresented backgrounds felt they said they've told us that they felt more comfortable applying because they thought it would be the kind of culture where they could fit in but it's that way you can see whatever you need, however we can personalise your employment relationship with us, and it's not going to negatively impact your career, then people can be more their true self at work as well, whether that be the school run or anything else. I think that's really interesting. I like the way you said personalise their role at mm. work, because I remember in my early career, it was always about a thing we had to set. It was like the only way you got promoted was if you came in early and left late and the last person standing in yes. the <laughs> exhausted thinking this is and I think it's only when I was kind of going through some change in my life and I was sat mm. at the train station in Slough going into London because I was living in Windsor at the time mm. and I went there has to be a better way of working and I thought why can't mm. people work from home we have all this online mm. yes. in the cloud working and this was back in 2012 when I was thinking <laughs> this, and now it's actually that vision that I was sat there like <laughs> remotely we don't need to be in the city center working in the city of london um we can work in different areas of the country and have a different lifestyle um, because i always wanted that horse mm, and that yes. horse does not live in the center of london because yeah. <laughs> that's like a slight, slight little challenge yes. which is interesting yeah but it, what i like about your company is i love the fact that there are women at boardroom level doing those c-suite jobs yes which we always hear people talking about i want to have that c-suite job and um i think that's really important that shows that that things are starting to change and people are being mm. a bit more open-minded about everything yeah um, yeah. Definitely... yeah i've been in so many organizations where i would be on the you know sat with the leadership team and it's like yep all men apart from me <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially because uh, honestly know. hr are just women exactly, yes <laughs> well, i'm the token woman <laughs> yeah and i think i do remember very early in my career and i was probably about 18 at the time mm. so this would have been in the late 90s and i just remember i was working at a hotel and the head chef just went oh yeah those hr people they just got fluffy toys in their office and, that was <laughs> yeah. it. and i was like i'm sure they do more than that <laughs> <laughs> but that's how the mindset has changed with people it is like um, an employee or a buyer's market out there right now and I think they can people can now pick and choose who they want to work for and I think that's going to be the biggest challenge is making your company stand out so people want to come and work for you yeah absolutely um, it's very much a two-way process which is one of the things that I've always been really passionate about. And it's like one of these things, it's like, oh, now everyone else gets it. This is good. Uh, this makes it a lot easier. That it is about the interview process or selection process always being two-way. Are you going to fit in? Is it going to work for you? Are you going to get what you want in the long run? Because it's no good for anybody that you might be able to persuade someone to come in or you select them because, you know, all these people were, you know, clamoring for that role if it's not going to work for you and then they leave after a short period you've just wasted all that invent um, investment in training people's time the lack of productivity while you've got you know new people in the team but actually you want people to come and you want them to stay a while but it's good having that 
you know, one of the things that it is good about a little bit of turnover is you do get those fresh ideas. You do get another sense of perspective in there and different an opportunity to increase your diversity. You just don't want so much turnover that it's like really, really disruptive, obviously. But, yeah. a, but it's a little bit and not trying to keep everyone forever and seeing yeah. that a certain level of turnover is healthy. And also, I've always been really passionate with my teams that I know you're not going to stay forever. Tell me where you want your career to be. Let me help you get there. And people have found that really quite mind blowing that I'm not pretending that they're going to stay forever. I'm not pretending that they don't want my job eventually. Let me work with you on your personal development plan to help you get there. And strangely, by talking to people, what are they going to do next and how can I help you be more to your next employer? people actually tend to stay longer because they really get that you're properly investing them. They can have honest conversations with you. If something's not quite right and maybe they might be tempted outside, they can come and talk to you and it'd be like, right, how can we fix that? How can we make it better for you? Or when you are planning to leave, let me know. So it isn't a great surprise out of nowhere. And then the handover or recruitment process is really difficult. Let me know a few months out when you start looking and we can either do things to help you move on or you can help me get ready for your replacement to come in. And even maybe it may be even being part of that process, because I think that's really powerful sometimes if the person leaving the role is part of the recruitment process. I think that's really good for candidates to see that they're they're not leaving under a cloud or they're not feeling like they're trying to run away from you. And it is genuinely they're moving for a different kind of career or location opportunity that they want, that it is you are going to invest in them. But sometimes you've got to I think sometimes managers have got it in their heads and don't think to share it with people or they don't want to be talking to them about them leaving, thinking it's going to make them leave sooner when actually mm. it's the complete opposite. Yeah, and I definitely agree with that. That's definitely been one of my way of thinking as well, mm. and that we are like that with our team. Like, um, mm. I think I think um, I don't know, Chris is. I think Richard Branson has a quote on that somewhere. I don't know the exact quote. Someone will no doubt comment about train them enough to kind of want that they're good enough to like leave and move on, but not quite. They don't want to go. Type of thing. Yeah. Something along those lines. I yeah, because I think about you know where we yeah we're not one we've had that manager saying someone's asked for a qualification and it is important for their job and it is really useful and the managers wanted to turn it down because they're saying yeah but they could leave us with that qualification and we were like well they're going to leave anyway if you don't <laughs> treat them well so train them, train, give them all the training but also make it that they want to stay in the other elements yeah. of their employment relationship Definitely. I agree with that. It's about putting round pegs into round holes, not square pegs into round holes. Yes, absolutely. It's great. Well, Perry, thank you very much for taking the time out of your busy day to come and talk to us today. Anyone who is wanting to sort of, you can connect with Perry um, on LinkedIn. It's Perry Thomas and she's a Chief People Officer at, let me get this right, because I don't want to upset anybody, at Border to coast a pensions partnership so you can get in so, touch with by then if you've got any questions but that's great thank you very much perry for your time today that's brilliant that's been great